Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Today we are kicking off an all-new series, a relationship series, five weeks called Let Me Love You. Let Me Love You. And so usually I come in here and I'm Pastor Caleb, you know, theologian Caleb, preacher, teacher Caleb. But today I am Coach Caleb, all right? So I want to show you I just got done coaching the third and fourth grade Celtics. We won the championship in third and fourth grade, buzzard ball to City League. And, and here's the thing, we got to play the championship game at the Golden One Center. Show them the next picture. And so it was a pretty cool experience. So just so you know, last night, I had a big impact on that because while I was there, I was praying over that court <laughs> while coaching. Yes, and you saw game one. I'm sorry, Warrior fans. That's one, three to go. Come on, God is good. We are blessed and highly favored of the Lord, but we got some work to do. Okay, I'm in the flesh. This is not in the spirit. But it was a cool experience. So Coach Caleb is here today because the title of my message is The Play, The Play of Purity. The Play of Purity. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the X's and the O's. So I want to coach you into implementing some plays into your life to maintain purity in your life. You see, the devil is making a play for your purity. The devil is implementing plays for your purity, to attack your purity, to destroy your purity. And I believe today, as we look at the Word of God, this is not plays that Caleb has created. These are plays that the Word of God directs us to. You see, I got the ultimate playbook right here. Too often we go to man's wisdom, what man thinks, what man says. But the playbook that we need for our lives is right here. And so we're going to look at 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to be reading here in a moment. But this series of Let Me Love You, the reason we titled it this is because I think that in today's day and age, we do not know how to love well. We don't love our spouses well. We don't love our neighbors well. We don't love our children well. We don't love the church well. We don't love people who are hard to love well. We have a hard time loving. And so in this series, over five weeks, we're going to really dig into what loving well looks like in all areas of our lives. And so next week, Christy's going to be bringing the word. Don't miss it. Be here. It's going to be amazing. Two weeks, her and I are going to tag team. We love tag teaming as we really dig in and talk about marriage and those relationships. But I want you here these next five weeks. I believe it is going to bring so much to your life and to your relationships. But as you think about this culture, I want you to ask yourself a question. What do you feel like as it relates to this culture that supports you in maintaining purity in your marriage and relationships? Like what in this culture is supporting you in maintaining purity 
in your life? Can I be honest? Very little to nothing. There is very little to nothing in this culture that is helping you to maintain fidelity and purity in your marriage and in your relationships. And what I want us to do is I want us to put some plays in place, implement some plays to protect our marriage, to protect our current marriage, to protect our children, to protect the people around us, to protect ourselves from other married people, which we need to do. You see, this idea of fidelity is something that I think we've lost. What does the term fidelity mean? By definition, it is faithful or loyal. Like some of us Kings fans. Been here for a long time, church. Been here for a long time. And yet in marriage, how often is fidelity something that turns quickly into infidelity? So basically... I'm going to talk to you about sex today. Is that okay? If you got kids in here, I would suggest you take them up and drop them off at Project Kids right now. I really believe that if the church could get this one thing right, that it would change everything. Like if we got purity right, it would change everything. You know what would happen? There'd be less poverty. There'd be less domestic violence. There'd be less kids in foster care. There'd be less children born outside of wedlock. If the church set the example for purity and fidelity, I believe it would change everything. But here's what the church does. We do the same thing the world does. And we entertain ourselves with media and movies that glorify sex outside of marriage. And then we are in a culture that all they do is inundate us with glorification of sex outside of marriage. And then they judge us when we fall. And unfortunately in the church, we entertain ourselves with the same thing. And then we wonder why we lack purity. We wonder why we struggle with purity the same way the world struggles with purity. Can I tell you why? Because we haven't implemented the proper plays to protect us. And we are dabbling with and playing around with the same things that the world is playing around with. And so here's what I want to say to you. Either play around with your purity or make a play for your purity. And too many of you have been playing around. You think it's no big deal to watch that episode. It's just one scene. It's just one show. It's just eight episodes. It's not going to impact me. It's not going to influence me. We watch movies that glorify all these things that are perverse and are actually degrading and tearing down the purity within us. And then we wonder why we struggle in our marriages, why we don't feel close to God, why we don't feel connected in the, in the spiritual realm. Can I tell you why? Because we're playing around. Play around with your purity or make a play for your purity. And Coach Caleb came to give you some X's and O's, church. You know, I was thinking coming into this series like, I'll start real soft with them. Like, we'll ease them into this series. And God's like, no, week one, come for them. We're talking about purity. We're talking about sex. So let's read 1 Corinthians 6.18. Are you with me? 
Come on. If you're new to church, welcome. We talk about this stuff. You know why we talk about it? Because the Bible talks about it. And unfortunately, too many churches don't talk about it. And then are shocked when the marriages are falling apart. 1 Corinthians 6, 18. And this isn't just for married people. This is for single people too. I'm going to talk to you here in a minute. Flee from sexual immorality. Chapter 6, verse 18. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. Everybody say outside. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. You see, some of you are playing around with your purity, and there's a saying, play with fire, and you're going to get burned. You heard this? So I want us to stop playing and start making plays to implement, to be pure as God's people. So Paul starts, and this is really interesting that he starts by saying, flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. You see, Paul actually says that sexual sin is different than every other sin. This is biblical. This is God inspiring Paul to write this to the church in Corinth 2,000 years ago, and it's relevant for us today. We're dealing with the same thing the church was dealing with back then. We just got even more vices because we've got more media and more commercials and more television and more streaming and more things coming at us inundated with image constantly. We got the internet at our fingertips. And Paul is talking to them, and he says, every other sin is outside the body, but but." Sexual sin is against your own body. Sexual sin is different than every other sin. Now, in God's eyes, no sin is greater than any other. Hear me. Like, if you struggle with sexual sin and not gossip, it doesn't mean you're judged more harshly than those that struggle with gossip. No, no, no. We need to repent of every sin. Every sin pulls us away from God. But it actually says, biblically, that sexual sin has greater consequences an impact on us as human beings than the other sins do. So sexual sin impacts you in a different way. It impacts you in a deeper way. God sees it the same, and he forgives you the same, and he loves you the same through the sin, but it affects you in a different way than all other sins do. You need to hear me, church. I want you to feel the gravity and the weight of this. And then he says to them, that you need to flee from it. What does flee mean? Run. Like Joseph, run out the house with the robe still in, in Potiphar's wife's hand, running out down the street butt naked if you got to. Because that's how serious it is to get away from sexual sin. It's going to impact you. And you know why the devil wants us caught up in sexual sin? Because he knows, number one, how deeply connected our identity is to it. I'm going to get there. But number two, he knows if he can ruin the family, he can damage children for generations. So he wants to destroy your marriage. This is the devil's play. 
sexualize everything, create confusion in sexuality, and what happens is damage for generations to come. And the play right now is working. And a lot of you have fallen in to the temptation that the enemy has put in place because you're playing around. Here's what I've seen. Sexual sin will make you a liar and a secret keeper for life. If you allow it to take root in your life, it will turn you into a liar and a secret keeper for life. No, I'm not saying God can't set you free today. I'm not saying God can't change that and flip that around right now. But it takes us repenting and confessing and saying, I'm done caught in the same cycles. I want to change. I don't want to keep this a secret anymore. I don't want to keep this in the dark anymore. I want my integrity to be where I, what I say and who I say I am is what I am in the dark. Paul said, the consequences are greater. But what is sexual immorality? Because I said, flee. Paul said, Free, flee from sexual immorality. Well, what is that? Any type of sexual expression outside the boundaries of a marriage relationship is sexual immorality. I don't need to go into details about what sexual expression is. You know. You get it. There's all types of sexual expressions. All types. Any type outside the boundaries of marriage relationship is sexual immorality. So he goes on and he says... Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. What is Paul saying? What is he talking about here? This is a shift from the consequences, because he was just talking about consequences. This is the, the, you're sinning against your own body while every other sin is outside the body. He's basically warning us of the consequences that come with sexual sin. But then he changes it to an identity thing and he goes to this idea he says your bodies are a temple now in this day 2,000 years ago they worshiped in temples ornate beautiful temples things are different today even though we have a beautiful building we've been blessed but this isn't a temple this is a building the houses uh, uh, where we meet as a church but you are the church you see now your body is the temple now your body is the church. And, and what is Paul saying here? He's saying this. You are a sacred image bearer. And you were designed and fine-tuned for intimacy. Do you hear me? God created sex. It's a blessing. And unfortunately in the church, we've turned it into this nasty, dirty thing. We don't want to talk about it. And, and, and we actually like shame single people all the time if they engage any kind of sexual activity. And then before you know it, they all think it's bad. And I've counseled couples who grew up in the church and they get married and they can't have sex because they can't get over the feeling of it being dirty and bad and wrong. Can I tell you, it's beautiful and wonderful and a blessing. And me and my wife do it. And it's from God. But it's a blessing within the confines of marriage. God gave it to you, but listen to me. He designed you for it. He actually 
made you longing for an intimate connection, a sexual connection within the confines of marriage. And so I want you to hear that it's a beautiful thing, but it's something that's meant to be enjoyed and cherished and celebrated in those confines. Why? Because your body, you are, every one of us, sacred image bearers. The fingerprint of God is upon you. He designed you specifically and uniquely. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He knew you before you knew yourself, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And too many of us are caught in the cycle of sexual sin, and we don't realize how much it's damaging the sacred image bearer that we are. Because while I have flesh and bone and skin and hair and graying hair, thank you, Jesus, for getting older. While I have that, this is just the external vessel. My value isn't based on this. Your value isn't in how you look the clothes you wear, whether someone's told you you're beautiful or not or handsome or not. No, the image bearer you are is the soul that you carry. You see, you have value because of what's inside. Think about a wallet. Like if I go to the Kings game tomorrow night and I'm walking through the tunnel from Doko because I park here, free parking, praise God. <laughs> I park here and I just walk through the tunnel. I want you to imagine that as I'm walking through the tunnel, somebody pulls up on me and goes, yo, give me your wallet. But I want you to take everything in it and keep it and just give me the wallet. I'd be like, bet. <laughs> like, here you go. <laughs> keep everything. Walk away. I'm good. Why? Because the wallet without the what's inside of it, without the contents, is worth nothing. I would gladly hand that away. It's what's inside that carries value. And so when Paul says every other sin is outside the body, but sexual sin, it, it, it's, it's against your own body. He's saying it's against your soul, what's inside of you, what has intrinsic value, what matters, what I've created you with, the, the sacred image bearer that you are. And when you commit this sin, it's impacting the value inside. It's affecting the contents. It's affecting the sacred image bearer that you are. And so today, what I, what I really wanted to do is I wanted to challenge you. I wanted to challenge you to implement some plays for purity. Some X's and O's, biblically. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, because there's many other things you could do. But I thought it would be a miss on my part if I didn't at least bring something practical for you to implement, some plays to implement into your life so you can maintain purity in a culture that is executing a play to push you into impurity. A culture that everything you see are inundated with, are, are, are faced with daily, is trying to pull you away from the purity that God has called you to. Why am I preaching this? Because purity will help you to love the people around you better. 
And when we're walking stuck in impurity, sexual immorality, when, when, when it has become our identity, when it, it's got its claws in us, we're entrenched in, in, in all the wrong things, I'm telling you, you cannot love your children well, your spouse well, your neighbors well, your coworkers well, your friends well. In this whole series, Let Me Love You, I wanted to start in a different way, church. I really did. But I felt like God said, no, this is the baseline. Because if you don't get this right, if you don't challenge them to get out of the sin of impurity that this world, this sexual immorality that this world is inundating them with, they're never going to be able to love me or others the way I've meant for them to love. So let me give you some place for purity first. I'm going to go through these quick. We need to prioritize his presence. Listen to me. Prioritize the presence of God in your lives. You know what I love about the presence of God? Is that it, uh, it actually, with fire, refines what is right in us. And with fire, burns away what is wrong and impure. And so if we don't prioritize the presence of God, I, I, I'm, I'm here to tell you that we don't have the power of God coming into our life and saying, that, get out. That does not belong here. That is not from me. And then the good thing saying, yes, that's me. I'm on that. It enhances that. The presence of God with fire refines us. How do we encounter the presence of God? We encounter it by being in his word. By being people of prayer, we still have our prayer rooms going every week. By, by being people that prioritize the house of God, because in here, you've encountered the presence of God. I loved last Sunday, every, I, had, I had dozens of people tell me, I cried the whole service. What was happening, Kayla? The presence of God. And the presence of God often encounters us, and it's tears of joy, and it's tears of conviction, and it's tears of power and identity and purpose being released we need to prioritize his presence that's play number one that's an x with some o's the second play for purity is to protect your mind protect your mind protect your mind see i'm not preaching at you i'm a human being fallen broken my mind has betrayed me and gone places it shouldn't have gone at times. And I've had to repent and confess my sin to the Lord. You see, Jesus takes it to another level, doesn't he? He always does. Matthew 5, 27 through 28. Watch this. I need you to pay attention. You've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Jesus takes it to another level. He says, purity is more than what you do physically with your body. It's even what you're doing mentally in your mind. That's why we're challenged to renew our minds daily. That we wake up every morning and say, God, I want to renew my mind. Give me your mind. Give me your thoughts. Uh, uh, remove and, and, and purify me of the impure thoughts. I want to think the way you think. Because even your mind 
And that sexual impurity in your mind is sin that is not allowing you to love the people around you properly or God's way. And some of us in here are like, well, I haven't done it. I didn't give in to the temptation physically. But daily you're playing out scenarios in your mind. Daily you're, you're allowing your mind to play images that it shouldn't play. And I wanted to challenge you that you would protect your mind. That you'd wake up every day and say, God, help me renew my mind. God, protect my mind. God, I want to think your thoughts. God, honoring thoughts. When my mind wanders, which it will, that I stop those thoughts with prayers to a mighty God. Prayers to a holy God. You see, that's my play. If I ever start to have my mind go, I just start praying. I just start crying out to God. And I watch him shift my thoughts to right things instead of wrong things. Third play for purity is you need to talk about it. Everybody say, talk about it. You need to talk about it with someone. Now listen to me, married couples in this place. Your spouse is not your accountability partner. They should not be, they cannot be. Now I'm not saying we don't have accountability, me and my wife do. In fact, she has access to all my social media. In fact, whenever I get a direct message, it pops up on her phone too and vice versa. She sees it and there's been times where she's like, what's this about? Who is this you're talking to? And I am completely accountable, but I have other accountability in my life. People that I sit down with and I talk with, if I'm being challenged, if I'm being, if I'm being tempted, if there's ever any wrong thinking in my heart or my mind, I have other people that I go to. Why? To protect her and to protect me. Some of you have been in secret holding on to sexual sin for years and you've never told anyone. You've never confessed to anyone. And today I want to tell you, you need to find someone, someone that loves God, and you need to talk about it. Fourth, you need to avoid problematic people. I cannot emphasize this enough. Listen, I know that with coworkers, this is maybe one of the greatest temptations. You like how that person makes you feel. You like the interaction you get with that person that isn't your spouse, but things can get a little flirty. If they are a temptation for you in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind, you may need to avoid them. You may need to take a different route through the cubicles. You may need to take a different lunch break. I'm not saying you can't interact with coworkers, church. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it flipped. But I'm going to avoid problematic people because what I have matters more. What God's called me to matters more. Fifth is we need to connect with the right things, the God things, the holy things. How many of us are connecting with wrong things? We're connected with all the social medias. We're connecting through all the DMs. We're connecting with all the shows. We're streaming it all. And then we wonder why we feel disconnected to our spouse. 
we feel disconnected to our God. You see, I should never connect with another human being more than I connect with her. My wife's up here, by the way. And I should never connect even with her more than I connect with him. And some of you are connected to all these things, all these platforms, all these people. And God created you for connection, didn't he? He designed you for it. But we got to connect with the right things, with the God things, the holy things. I'm connected here. And I'm connected there. And I'm connected with my spouse. More than I've, I've connected with anything else in this world. I gotta connect with the right things. And then my final play for you, as I said, this is not exhaustive, is you gotta create boundaries. You know, one boundary that we implemented with our staff was that we would not ride alone with a member of the opposite sex. And in 14 years of marriage, in 14 years of ministry, I have never. And some of you are like, that's a little extreme. Uh, yeah, it is. You wanna know why? because I have an extreme call and purpose on my life. And I wanna speak the same over you. You may have to make some hard decisions even in your jobs. And I get it, like, I, I don't want any women in here to feel like, but Caleb, in, in my industry, like it's all men, what am I supposed to do? I don't know what you're supposed to do. You need to connect with him and ask him what you're supposed to do. But you may have to make some extreme steps and take some extreme steps and create some extreme boundaries because what matters most is the call of God on your life. And I guarantee you, if you prioritize that, he'll take care of you moving up the ladder. If you prioritize that, he'll take care of that raise you've been going after. If you prioritize the things that God has called you to and you create the boundaries, It's not easy, but it's necessary. Why? Because one moment of weakness could undo a lifetime of faithfulness. God reminds me that of that all the time. In my life, with my role and my call, one moment of weakness for me could undo a lifetime of faithfulness. 10 years of pastoring this church. I've been in pastoral ministry since I was 21 years old. 20 years of pastoral ministry. And one moment of weakness could undo it all. And I'm not willing to give up what matters most for what feels good in a moment. I'm not willing to give that up. And I want you to feel the weight of that as well and carry the same thing. Because this is about legacy. This is about purpose. This is about call. This is about your children and your children's children. And listen to me. If you're single in this place, seek purity. Start now. Create boundaries now. Because if you create them now, here, you create them now here, if you create them now, I guarantee you they'll carry over into your marriage. Married people, maybe you've pushed the boundaries and you've gone too far and you've messed up and failed. I did not come in here 
today to condemn you or to shame you, but believing that the conviction of God would fall in this place because he wants to change you. He didn't want you staying the same. And he brought you in here today to hear this word, not an easy word. Not a, ooh, I felt good about church today word, but a necessary word because his purposes and calls on your life, on your marriage, on your family, with your children are greater and worth more than any temporary feeling of this earth. And he wanted you to feel the weight of this, not to feel guilty or shame, but to call you to a place that says, I have more for you. I have more for you. You see, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's the love of God that brought you here today. And he loves you. He doesn't expect you to be perfect. I failed in my life. You will fail at times in your life. He's not looking for perfection, but he's looking for people that pursue purity. Because watch what he can do with a pure church. Not perfect people, but pursuing purity. Let's put some plays in place. Put some X's and O's in our lives to protect ourselves so that God can do more with us tomorrow, this year, next year than ever before. Would you bow your heads with me across this room? I want every head bowed, every eye closed. I want this to be a moment of privacy. Please don't look around. I want everyone alone with God and the Holy Spirit. I know he's been speaking first. I want to say this. You've been running from God. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I want to tell you he came to take your sin. He went to the cross to bear your sin and to forgive you of your sin, to set you free. So if you're in this place, you've been running from God, you turned your back on God, you've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of life, or you know that you're not in right standing with him today, I want you to respond and give your life to Jesus for the first time. Rededicate yourself. Go. If that's you, put your hand up right now. Yes, 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 yes. I see those hands. You can put them down. Second thing. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're in this place. You say, Caleb, I've been struggling with purity. And I know God's got a greater call for me. And I want to put the plays in place to walk in purity tomorrow than yesterday, this week than last week, this year than last year. I need strength. I need help with my purity. Put your hand up. Just slip it up real quick. No one's looking around. It's between, yes, hands all around the room. Just real quick, up, down, up, down. You can put it down. Yeah. Hands all across the room. Pray this with me, church. Everybody here, repeat this after me. Say, Jesus, today I confess my need for a Savior. Forgive me. Change me. Make me new. I'm inviting you to be the Lord of my life, the King. I love you, Jesus, and I'm going to follow you from this day forward. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church Podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. 
We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.